welcome to the Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. I'm Hope. Merry uh, holiday season, Rosie. It's uh, December 3rd, so it's officially started now. Yeah, it's also officially two months until my due date, so. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what an it important seems like season it's, that it's is. a very soon thing. Yeah. yeah. That's going to creep up a lot faster than I think we realize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, one of the, the carpenters of the ship asked me the other day when my due date was, and I told him, and he was like, that's soon. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> we should have a pregnancy debrief episode soon, but. I've been thinking about stuff that I want to talk about, so we will. We definitely will. I actually, uh, actually read a thing on Facebook this morning about um, a friend of mine and her like fight to be able to pump at work and it's yeah I'm gonna ask her if I can talk a little bit about about that because it's uh it's very interesting that's uh yeah yeah there's there's a whole bunch of pregnancy stuff also just to just just weird shit like the shit they don't tell you Mm -hmm. I uh I feel like everyone hears about morning sickness and no one hears about like carpal tunnel, you know, like, so there's, there's lots of stuff to, uh, to talk about, but that's not that this episode. Um, we are talking about a Christmas Carol, the classic story by Charles Dickens. Um, we were talking about this a few weeks ago and realized that we both have grown up with this story being very much a part of our childhoods. Yeah. So we decided to talk about it a little bit. Um, I did look up some uh, historical context. I I tried to find out like kind of the origin story, but depending on where you look, there's different origin stories. Hmm. So I don't know exactly what it was. Effectively, it seems like Charles Dickens was, he was pretty into helping the poor and downtrodden, the poor and downtrodden white people, but we'll get into that. He was he was into helping the poor and downtrodden people, and he it it seems most of the accounts that I've read, although they differ in certain specifics and like where he was and like oh he read this thing no he went to this school no he did this he did that whatever it was, but basically uh, they all seem to agree that he was pretty horrified at like working conditions for people during the industrial revolution um and because this was mid 1800s um and he was 1843 when he wrote a christmas carol but he was he was horrified at working conditions that were going on um specifically because like women and children were having to work in the well mostly children i think he was concerned about um children were having to work in these really really horrible conditions and people were making poverty wages and it didn't sit right with him. Yeah. Um, so he he got upset about it and decided he could do, you know, the thing that was in his power to to actually help people. And so what you see in some of his novels is that, you know, there's poor downtrodden kids or people who are able to rise above in some way. And usually it's due to generosity of other people. And the A Christmas Carol, the story is about for anyone who's you know not as familiar uh ebenezer scrooge who is uh an old uh tight-fisted uh moneylender who is really just pretty horrible in general pretty crotchety old dude uh and basically hoards all of his money for himself 
um, is paying his clerk poverty wages. And then he ends up getting visited by one of his previous partners um, in ghost form. And then business is visited partner, by- Business not gay partner. Yeah, That would be a whole partner. different story. <laughs> that would be, I, I do not think Dickens would be down with the gay people. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's in his wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's visited by his old business partner, Jacob Marley, who tells him you'll be visited by three spirits. Um, and so he is then visited by those spirits. He's shown visions of past Christmases, the present Christmases and um, the future. And he realizes that his stinginess and his miserly ways are really horrible and that he could help a lot of people if he was willing to like, honestly shell out mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's got all this money and other people don't. Yeah, he might end up uh, having a really shitty afterlife if he doesn't help people and sort of change his ways yeah so that, that's just the basic story of it and yeah and we both uh sort of grew up watching it um you want to talk about your relationship with it yes so i guess when grace was about five or so my mom i think so my grandma my mom's mom used to review um the performances in pittsburgh And if she had extra tickets, we would usually get them. So like, I've seen a lot of musicals because of that. Like she would take, take turns, like taking each of us. We would go see different musicals downtown. Um, which was really nice. I didn't realize like, that's cool. Not everybody's grandma does that. (laughs) And I, and like, I figured out later it was for her job, but it was still like, Hey, you're going out with your grandma this week to go see this thing, get dressed up. And I was like, okay. And it was just like a thing that her and, us would do and it would be like one of us individually which was you know you don't usually get that with grandmas when you have multiple siblings especially three like we did so I think my mom and Grace went when Grace was like really little to see a musical Christmas Carol in downtown Pittsburgh at the CLO and my mom said Grace sat cross-legged on the chair and like had her little hands by her face and was just watching it with like super like wide eyes the whole time so they made it a tradition that they would go every year. And then Faith and I got jealous. So we were like, well, we want to go. So then we started going, I guess, when I was like in middle school or high school. And now like the whole family goes every year. Like it's like a thing that we do, which is weird that it's like a tradition that we remember starting. Like usually like you come into traditions as like a baby, like they're already happening in your yeah. family. And this is one that we all are like, this is the thing we want to do now. And this year, Griffin's like, I've never seen it. Can I come see it? <laughs> so Griffin's coming this year, which is Aww. very exciting. But um, it's the same setup, and it's like the same people playing it every year. They had to retire one Scrooge because he got too old. <laughs> so Ooh, like too old to be a Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. And like it was one of those things where he That's was old. performing, and I'm like, you're doing really good for somebody who's literally at death's door. <laughs> like this guy was really old. Which is terrible, but like, but um, it's definitely something like there's stuff from it that I kind of think about all year long, whether or not I know that I'm thinking about it. It's just like something that I just know this version of it so well that like watching other versions, I'm like, this isn't how it's supposed to be, you know, because this is the one that that's the Christmas Carol that I'm (laughs) familiar with. However, they decide to do the iteration or whatever, like vision they have for it that's the one I'm familiar with what about you 
Um, I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm gonna answer that. I'm gonna go check on. I have some sausages in the oven, so I'm gonna Don't go check All right. Well, I'll sit here and entertain the people while you're gone. <laughs> okay. I need you guys to know that Rosie's husband, Chris, filmed my wedding to Griffin, which is very nice and a very sweet gesture. Even though we asked him to do it, <laughs> but he did a good job. But at the end of it, he had the iPhone up at the balcony in the church and in the wedding video like it ends and it's like very sweet and everybody's very emotional and then at the end of it you just hear chris kuzan coming up the steps and going like and he's singing at the end of my wedding video and i have that forever like griffin and i were watching it we were like what the fuck is this (laughs) that's a nice little his inner monologue is always uh music yeah yeah but we were laughing so right. hard when we watched it back and we were like oh my god this is like this is forever part of our wedding now <laughs> oh that's sweet all right so that was a good little anecdote <laughs> all right now uh so my my relationship with the christmas carol was uh it actually was the book before the movie um we it's it's kind of strange because my mom wasn't really into dickens work in general but she really liked a christmas story or or not a christmas story a christmas carol (laughs) not a christmas story although the house from a christmas story is in cleveland and i'm in cleveland right now and we keep trying to go see it and then we keep (laughs) being busy on our day off no. <laughs> anyway, um, but every year my mom would actually uh, read us A Christmas Carol over the course of, I, I think it was Christmas Eve usually. Um, and I think it is one of the things that she did to keep us occupied so we didn't get like too excited about presents and like, you know, being, you know, let, like try to trying to uh manipulate our way into getting presents early and stuff like that it sounds like your mom was doing her dangness to be like yeah. don't be kids about this <laughs> you know like maybe cool it <laughs> but like there was never yeah. a chance to like get amped up about it like it was like, squashed <laughs> i think that my mom around christmas time probably got a little bit like irritated with us being like overly excited about stuff so she tried to find ways to distract us but would also kind of do them still like spirit of Christmas things Mm -hmm. um so like yeah so one of those was reading a Christmas carol um every um yeah every I I believe it was uh, the day before Christmas uh doing that and the other thing that we would do uh was earlier in the day is we would make uh, these little cups that were filled with uh, treats for the kids at the juvenile detention center that she worked at because, Aww. yeah, because they didn't get any treats on Christmas. And, uh, and, and it's funny because she, like, she did say later, you know, like everyone thinks it's this like really nice charitable thing and it is, but at the same time, like I was trying to entertain you guys <laughs> so that you didn't <laughs> like, you know, so that you didn't just like, you know, run around going crazy about the fact that Christmas is tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so we did like a nice, like charitable thing that also involved like decorating cookies and like eating some Christmas fudge and stuff like that. And then we would be read a Christmas carol. Uh, and we would usually either in the days leading up to 
or possibly that night we would watch some version of the movie and it wasn't always the same version i do remember that the muppets was kind of few and far between even though it's my favorite one um, and i think it's because <laughs> my mom wasn't super into the muppets but it is what it is <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah the, but there's a lot of different versions out there like there was um i was looking at the movie versions online and trying to see like which ones i had seen and i think i've seen like pretty much all the ones that are out there except for there's like a new a newer as of last year i think fx version Ooh. but guy pierce plays ebenezer scrooge and i'm like he's way too young i don't understand that and also it's like a dark version so i i, I don't know um i haven't seen that one <laughs> but seen all the other ones um with like george c scott there was a tnt christmas special movie that had patrick stewart as ebenezer scrooge um of course the muppet one has michael Caine. michael Caine. i think that one of the there's that one and then the old like 1950s one with alistair sim are the favorites of me and chris um, there's also a weird cgi jim carrey version which oh, i didn't I feel like watching because i yeah. was like mm, i'm good <laughs> i think yeah. they tried to capitalize like on the quote-unquote success of the polar express movie that they tried to do the same technology yeah. as that one i could be wrong but i think i do remember like both of those coming out like in succession of each other and everybody was like mm, i don't like this <laughs> i'm not super into jim carrey i i actually thought his like his version of the grinch was kind of cool like i enjoyed that one but i don't I don't know. He's a little much for me sometimes. Jim Carrey's The Grinch is my favorite movie all year round. I'm not like big on like doing Christmas stuff, even when it is Christmas time. Like we're not like really like <laughs> we don't listen to Christmas music. Like that's not our thing. Like we like Christmas, but it's not like some people are like nuts about Christmas. But I love that movie all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but we were also a Jim Carrey family. Like we watched a lot of his stuff in the house. He's, I, I think sometimes he's a little too big and in your face for me. And I kind of like, I, I don't know, like, like it's, it's a little, I used to say manic, but that's not a good way to say it because that manic is actually like mm. a, a clinical term. So like, I, I feel like it's just, it's, he's maybe a little bit too big and broad and top. like over the top for me. Yeah. Over the top, I think is the right way to put it. It's a, it's a lot of energy to take in, yeah. but me seeing it I felt seen as a kid with a lot of energy I was like oh my god yeah. I'm gonna grow up and be fine because I'm just gonna be Ace Ventura I, <laughs> I, I do like the Grinch though I oh god don't watch Ace Ventura because it doesn't age well I'm just does not you. age well <laughs> definitely not uh yeah but but yeah I have not seen so that's that's one of the ones I haven't seen so that's I haven't seen the newer FX version I haven't seen the one with Jim Carrey but I think I've seen most of the other versions of A Christmas Carol out there. And I generally like them because they're generally like, they follow the same story. And it, I like the story. I, I We never watched the movie because we would go see the play every year. But it the message is the best one where it's like, we need to scare rich people into not hoarding their money and giving yeah. to people who need it using social services. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. and I think that's one of the best things. And and the and honestly, there were very, like there were very specific societal reasons that Dickens wanted to say that because it was a really really bad time for poor people in England. 
And like, there have been a lot of those times, but that was one of them. And the industrial revolution created this like horrible situation where you had all these kids working, but they weren't working for that much money. And they were like, Oh, so much poverty, all of this shit. So it really was a social commentary and it, it became one of his most popular stories that he, he kept going back to it and editing it and stuff and like trying to make it better over the years. And it did turn out to be one of the things that he was the most known for. Um, He's kind of, he's kind of credited sometimes as like the man who like invented Christmas, uh, (laughs) which obviously like he didn't invent Christmas, but it it is, it is kind of interesting though. His, um, uh, his time, like when he wrote a Christmas Carol, it did coincide with, a lot of the Christmas traditions that now happen in England and in some of the rest of the world, like the U.S., because the U.S. was copying things that were happening in England. Of course. Um, but he was he was writing a Christmas Carol when Queen Victoria had been she had been on the throne for six years by that point because I think she ascended in. 1837 i'm just gonna look up real quick when she married she said a lot of traditions for stuff because she's why we wear why it's traditional to wear white wedding dresses because she wore one yeah because she's the okay okay so she she got no queen uh queen elizabeth was the virgin queen well she wasn't a virgin because she didn't she married well, Queen, Queen Victoria can't be the virgin queen because she got married and had a lot of kids. Yeah, but when she got married, she was a virgin. Yes, but I, I don't think that the white for her didn't symbolize purity. She was just like, I want a white dress. She didn't originate that notion that it became that. Yeah, well, well she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she originated the white dress and then religion, like Christianity put the purity onto it, basically, is my got understanding. <laughs> So, uh, uh, <laughs> so I just looked it up. Um, so she got married in 1840 to uh, Prince Albert, and he actually brought in some Christmas traditions from Germany um, because yeah. I think Christmas was like a bigger deal there, and they celebrate it in different ways. Uh, we didn't really have Christmas trees much before he brought those over from Germany, but then it became a thing. Uh, Christmas cards also became a thing at this time period, like. Queen Victoria's reign brought in a lot of the Christmas stuff that we now use today. So mm-hmm. Christmas, the way that we celebrate it is actually like fairly new in history. And a lot of it is because of this German prince that <laughs> came over and was like, well, I'm not ruling the country. So I'm going to fill this place with Christmas trees. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a short story. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so there was, um, So at the time of the writing of A Christmas Carol, there was a lot of like new fun Christmas traditions happening. And I think Christmas was becoming more of a thing. Uh, So it kind of came around at exactly the right time. It was not only a moral tale, but it was also surrounding a holiday that people were getting more and more interest in. So uh, I thought it would be fun. (laughs) I have to like change positions or otherwise I get way too winded. Oh, just pregnancy <sighs> things just pregnancy things because the baby's 
squishing up on my lungs. <laughs> She's trying to hug you. Ooh. Oh, she they're is trying to hug you. Sorry. No, it's it's fine. It, it's it's she's a she. That's all right. I mean, she's a she, she until such time as she t- tells us otherwise. Yes. Um, if that should happen. So, uh, but we're calling her she because biologically she's female. Um, yeah. So, I thought it would be fun to do a little dream casting thing for a movie. I don't know if you cast your <laughs> dream Christmas Carol, but I did. I have one that came to mind <laughs> out of nowhere, and I don't know why this is. Did you see? I know you're not into super into the Marvel movies or whatever, but did you see Logan, the last Wolverine yeah. movie, where he's like really grizzled? Yeah, I like that. Grizzled Hugh Jackman could be a Scrooge. <laughs> That's Except true. He's yeah, not, like feeble and like like you know like old man looking. He's huge. He's huge Jackman. I, th- I mean, I think that Scrooge can be, like, in The Muppet Christmas Carol, Michael Caine is a fairly big yeah, dude. He's, he's not, he's a pretty young old guy. Yeah. Hi, honey. Hello. Chris just came in the door with a bunch of uh, yogurt and some other things for me. Speaking of not Scrooges, Mr. No. I Love Christmas all year round. He is, he is the opposite of Scrooge. Chris's <laughs> first name is actually Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's not actually, it, it's not true, but it, it it's very, it might as well be <laughs> very likely. Yeah. Yep. Christmas Robert. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, oh, it, 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 she was, uh, she was saying, we were saying that you're the opposite of Scrooge because we were talking about a Christmas Carol. Okay. Well, that's really yeah. yeah. And then uh, she said, your first name is actually Christmas. And I was like, well, it's not, but it could be. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway yeah, so, anyway so um yeah so i did my uh my dream casting for uh a christmas carol and i actually like i got really into it and i wrote down a bunch of the main characters and decided that i'm gonna go through and cast each part <laughs> with someone that i want to see if it was in a movie can i say because... mine after you say yours yeah absolutely all right so um before before I start this, well, actually, maybe I'll, I'll I'll do two of them, and then I have another sort of side note, which also is going to be talking a little bit of shit on Dickens. But here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so my pick for Ebenezer Scrooge is Bill Nye, not Ooh. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye, <laughs> that's a good British one. actor. Uh, yeah, he's good for anyone who doesn't know who I'm talking about. He's the the rock star in Love Actually. Um, he <laughs> is in, don't buy in Pirate drugs. Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Become a rock star. They give them to you for free. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he would be great. I think he has the gravitas uh, to, to be Scrooge. And I also think that he would do a kind of a funny Scrooge at the end when he becomes all happy and giddy. I think yes. he'd be really fun yeah, to yeah, watch. Yeah. I think um, he, so I, I stand by Hugh Jackman as well. I think that would be a good one. It'd be a different take on it for sure, but I think he could pull it off. Absolutely. I, th- I think he could. Uh, then there's Marley's Ghost, uh, who I have cast as Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, yes. Because he's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty important part. It's not a huge part, but he does have to, yeah, he has to scare the shit out of Scrooge, and I think that Ian McKellen could do the. I was gonna job say 
the guy who plays Marley in the production that we go see, it is terrifying. Faith and I are still afraid every single year when we go because it's it. They make it really loud. Like he's pretty shouty. Where he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna move my Scrooge." <laughs> he's like, wow. yelling. And then at the end, he like gets like, and there's a bunch of like ghost people like always touching him and stuff. It's, I get chills because it's creepy. And then he gets like put in a harness and he like floats out of the thing, being like, "Rip." It's, it's very scary <laughs> so yeah i think ian mckellen could definitely do that yeah um yeah. so here is here's the part where i'm gonna talk a little bit of shit on dickens because it needs to be said okay. uh he was pre- pretty racist uh he it, it's interesting because it's kind of like it seems very opposed to his other views. Like he wanted to help people who were downtrodden, who were, you know, victims of poverty and all that kind of stuff. But it seems like he basically just meant like white British people. Like he didn't mean everybody. Because I don't think black people were seen as people Mm -hmm. in that time, which sounds terrible to say, but that's true. It does. It absolutely does. Um, just for a little bit of background for the time period in, I believe it was 1807. I'll correct myself in the edits if it's not, um, was when the slave trade was actually Ill, uh, made illegal, oh. but it wasn't the practice of slavery wasn't illegal until 1833. In so yeah, in Britain. Um, so it was like, so they were ahead of us in the US, but it was like, there was a stretch of time where it was like, well, you can have them, you just can't get any more, I guess. Mm. Like, it's kind of weird. So there was like, there, there was a weird sort of disconnect gray area where it was like, well, you, of course, slavery is bad, but like, you already got some slaves, so it's fine. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it does seem kind of like Dickens attitude sort of fit in with that like he was uh he was against the practice of slavery because he thought that it was he just thought that it wasn't right for people to own other people which sounds all good and well but he also basically didn't think that people of color of any color were as good as white people he didn't think that black people should get the vote he was pretty just against people of color in any way um he was very for imperialism which for anyone who doesn't know during victoria's reign uh despite bringing in nice things like christmas she also like you know took some countries uh which isn't great uh that's why there's um histories of uh imperialism in places like india and all that yeah um so there were a lot of uh there were a lot of british people going around and being like this land is ours and then other people being like what we've lived here for a long time and they're like nope you will die here with your pale pale skin (laughs) you're subjects of the british empire now um but he was yeah he was very into the empire he was really dismissive of other countries that were considered quote unquote primitive, which of course like primitive is a very, it's kind of, it's like a xenophobic term basically, mm-hmm. you know, because if we consider a culture primitive, well, it's just because they haven't made the same sorts of advances we have. It doesn't mean they're not advanced. It just could be in a different way. 
Right. So, so anyway, so <laughs> the reason I bring up the fact that Dickens was racist is because I decided that in my version, I want the Cratchits to be black. Oh. Uh, and, and I, and I will argue that this is, that this is okay. Um, I think that originally a Christmas Carol was set a little bit earlier than it was written. So that would have been during the time that slavery was still legal or like legal whatever. Yeah. But if you said it at the time that it was written, slavery was illegal. Um, and, and of course, like during the time after the slave trade was made illegal, and even before that, there were free black people. So it's like it was a weird situation happening where there were some people enslaved and there were some people who weren't mm-hmm. um, in that community. So I think looking at it, it's, it's kind of hard to see the history because of course, like the history that you know the most about is the history of white people because they were, yeah. you know, ruling everything. But it does look like it would have been possible for a black man to be a clerk such as Bob Cratchit was. Um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily have to have like higher education for it. It's something that's, it's, you know, it's, you know, you have to know some math skills, some accounting stuff, that kind of thing. Like, I think that there are definitely quite a few black people who could have done that at that time period would have had the education. There's definitely evidence of black businessmen at that time, um, and successful ones at that. So I'm totally, yeah. So I could totally defend it in that way for that he would be qualified. The other thing I could see people bringing up is like, well, Ebenezer Scrooge, like he's probably racist too. So like, would he hire someone? And I'm like, well, he probably would be racist, um, much like men of his time. But the book doesn't specifically mention him being racist. So he probably wasn't any more racist than anyone else. Just like your general kind of, old white guy kind of racism and in he probably in the 1800s. he would have paid a black guy less so he yes have that's to... exactly what i was gonna say i was gonna say i think that his miserliness and his wanting to hoard all his money would probably override the racism and yeah. if he could find a black person who he could pay super super low poverty wages who would stay in that job because they couldn't you know, yeah. get other jobs, or at least they couldn't get other jobs, like as a clerk for a moneylender or something like that, then they might've stayed in that job for longer. So, and it does so make maybe- sense because, because of all that. So who I picked was, um, uh, Chuitel, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Chuitel Ejiofor. He also was in love. Actually, he's the one who Kieran Knightley oh, marries. Dude. Um, more recently he was in 12 years a slave. He's a really fantastic actor. He's very good. He's in uh, Strange too. Yeah. So he's um yeah, he's he's a pretty uh prolific actor in recent years. Um yeah, and he's also very, very good. So I think he could bring a lot to that role. Um and then the other I, I didn't cast the Cratchit kids. I didn't cast any kids in this because I just don't know who kid actors yeah. are. Yeah, same. <laughs> um did oh did you have a casting for Bob Cratchit? No, I was trying to rack my brain to think of who I would cast but that's a that's a good pick because he has to be able to like be the like weary father figure but also like pretending to keep stuff up for his kids i think he could do that who'd you have as mrs cratchit uh lolly at um she is 
she's a British uh, actor and comedian, and and I, I think she could do uh, a serious role decently. Although Mrs. Cratchit can be like a little funnier because she's like poking fun at Scrooge, yeah. um, <laughs> doesn't like him. So she, you know, there's a, a bit of serious and also like some bit of funny in there as well. Um, she, for anyone who wants to place her, so she was in Shrill, um, where she plays Aidy Bryant's roommate. She was also oh, in that lady, yeah. Um, she's also in Miracle Workers. Um, the the first season, she's God's personal assistant. Yes, remember that character? Yeah. Yes, she's in. Um, she's she was in oh, Lovecraft Country, and she was in uh, Loki. She's great. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my, my Mrs. Cratchit. Yeah. So, so those are, yeah. So that's, so far we've got Scrooge, Marley's ghost, Bob Cratchit, Mrs. Cratchit. The ghost of Christmas past uh, is a super weird character, the way it's described in the book. So they actually did a really good job in the Muppet Christmas Carol at like creating this like cartoonish thing. Well, it's supposed to be like, it's an old of, man but also a child it's made of like, nightmares <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like a small child old man i like it's it's very like it's described in the book as being like having kind of the appearance of an old man but then having like the smooth face of a child it's it's very interesting yeah um, my play in pittsburgh they just scrapped that and made it a witch lady <laughs> she's like this angel witch person <laughs> so. yeah um, I, yeah, and, and the, the thing is, I feel like I've seen it be played by a woman a lot of the time, but it's not in the book at all. Um, my pick is Harry Styles, because I think he could pull it off. Like, pull in, like, a non-binary person for that. <laughs> That's like, true. Just straight up bring in a genderless human. <laughs> oh, what's... Um... Bring in JVN. Jonathan Van Ness for that. So there's, there's a lot of different people. Janelle Monae. On... Yeah, there you go. Janelle Monáe could do that. It's, there's a lot of people who could do Ghost of Christmas Past because it's such a strange part that they're going to be like, 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 because they're going to be smaller than they actually are. They're going to be probably yeah. made up in interesting ways. Can you imagine JVN coming in though and being like, hi, queen, let me take you on the journey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on this gorgeous journey together. See what your past looks like. Uh, Ghost of Christmas Present. Uh, is Jason Momoa in my mind? <laughs> Hope's face is great right now. Absolutely, because well, he's he's a jolly giant and he has like some gravity to him, but he's also like okay, super like chill and happy and jolly about stuff. But he's and huge. he he's huge, and he also like goes around like uh like in when they're in uh the Christmas present in various places, he like. I can't remember exactly how it is, but he's like basically like blessing people with like Christmas spirit as they go around. And it's just like this cute thing. That would also be a good role for Jeff Bridges. Be like, hey man, look at your present. See what's going on. I need to say something about the Pittsburgh. So it's a local play, right? So Mm -hmm. people from act one who are in Christmas past will like come out again as different characters in act two in the present and future and stuff. So Mm -hmm. there's this guy whose kids went to my high school the one son was a year older than me and the other son was a year older than faith and this guy's like a local actor he's been he was in the fault in our stars like as like a very small extra role but he does a lot of stuff 
acting around Pittsburgh. And this is one of the main things he does. He's this huge guy. He's like six, four. And he's also like a Jim Carrey type over the top character <laughs> where every year he plays Fezziwig and he dances with a little girl on stage and like gets down at her level. So like his whole ass is in the air and he like knocks his wig off and he had the Mrs. Fezziwig character is also like very over the top. So they have like a really good banter. He's the best part of the play. I love watching it so much because it's that much more heartbreaking when you see like him carrying all the stuff out the next Christmas whenever Scrooge shuts him yeah. down and it, they like create this like very jolly atmosphere and he does a lot of singing and it's, it's so great. And then he also plays Christmas present where he's like, I'm spreading kindness. I'm like doing this for people. He's like waving at little kids. But then at the end of that scene, he's like the little girl and the little boy. He's like fear most the boy. Cause yeah. it's like, greed and ignorance and so and he's got this very deep voice so at the end of it he like falls into the stage and is like it's, it's ignorance and want that's what yeah, it is the, yeah, the little girl so, is want and the boy is ignorance yeah and he's yeah. like repent and he's like saying the like present and like the the oh, what is it the safe houses or something like that but it is so scary he gets a standing ovation every single year so i think jason momoa playing that part would actually work out really yeah. really well because he's he's able to be like look at this and you know be that imposing figure where it's like I'm telling you something very serious right now <laughs> but also I love Jason Momoa yeah yeah me too and I just when I thought of like a gentle giant who also like you know who's like jolly but then also needs to have like very serious mm-hmm. like you know <laughs> pay attention to your life like you're going down the wrong path kind of thing like I thought he would do a really good job who'd you have as Fezziwig did you cast that I did so Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig I cast them so Mr. Fezziwig I have as Hugh Bonneville who is um he's the lord in Downton Abbey I know <laughs> he's he's a little yeah he's 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 a bit like like stiff in that one but I think that if he was able to play something like that he could do a really good job he has he has a very like genial demeanor in general and I think oh he could man do at that. if if I could have a dream casting that would 100% go to Robin Williams <laughs> like absolutely just him shouting yeah. about stuff and improv I could definitely see that yeah and now I would think probably more like Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler being Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig. You know what I mean? That would be cute. Or I, we can do... I stuck with a lot of like uh, British actors for Yeah, mine. I'm putting on the American version. You can put on the British version. <laughs> do you want to hear who my Mrs. Fezziwig is? Yeah, Which might be a little bit different than you would think. Um, so it's Imelda Staunton, who is very well known for playing Dolores Umbridge. I think she could do that. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, like, I think she's a good actor and she can go <laughs> to both extremes of, you know, being evil, but also being, like, fantastic and, like, you the, know. Yeah, the version is. I'm used to is just, like, the Fezziwigs are such over-the-top, jolly, like, silly characters. And that I really like having that in the middle of, like, this very serious play where it's, like, it's really important to, like, have festivities and, like, dance and eat really good stuff. Like, obviously, that stuff resonates with me, so... I, the fuzzy wigs, I think, are yeah. one of the most important characters in that play. Okay, so, so who's going to be past Scrooge and Belle? So for past Scrooge, I have Domhnall Gleeson, who played Bill Weasley. Oh. He, he's also in a movie with Bill Nye 
my pick for Ebenezer Scrooge, who uh, it's called About Time. Oh, yeah. And so they played father and son already, but I just think that he would do a good job. And uh, for Belle, Florence Pugh. Obviously. Obviously, we're going to put Florence Pugh yeah. in this play. Obviously. And I'm yeah. going to say Timothée Chalamet for... Because, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah, he would be a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then the other two that I have are his the, the nephew, Fred, and then his wife. The nephew is James Norton. I don't know if you would have seen him in anything. He's been in Grant Chester. That's, that's fucking, that's the uh, Fight Club. That guy? Fight Club. James Norton. No, Edward Norton. Is that's Edward thinking. Norton. Okay. No, no, no. James <laughs> I was Norton, like, James no. Norton is a much younger. <laughs> um, he's, he, no, he's, he's a younger actor. He's in his 30s, I think. Um, but he's, uh, he's a British actor who's been in some things recently. Uh, and then Sophie Turner would be his wife. Um, I was going to say Eddie Redmayne as Fred. Yeah, Eddie Redmayne could do a good job at that too. Eddie Redmayne and Emily Blunt. Oh, that would be cute. But who do we want to play his sister? Fan? Oh, I don't know. I didn't have that one. Didn't have that one. Done. Well, I guess it depends on who the younger Scrooge looks like because... Timothy Chalamet could be uh, like, about Ma- Maisie Williams. Hell yeah! Old? No, okay. she she's short, so she's gonna look young she forever. Is. She's little. <laughs> she she yeah, she looks quite young. And then we get to yeah. reunite Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams. Yeah, <laughs> who's not gonna yeah. come see this play? <laughs> so those are my those are my dream castings for uh for that. That was a lot of fun to do. I really enjoyed that part. I feel like, well, who's going to be, uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. It's most of the major characters. Because, yeah. I mean, like, like Tiny Tim is, is a pretty big character, but also, like, Tiny I don't know Tim any characters. Tiny Tim would be the little kid at that same age from Haunting of Hill House who played Luke. That little guy. Okay, I could see that, yeah. Because he broke my heart every time he came on screen because he had those stupid glasses on where his eyes were all big. And I was like, I don't, I would die for you. For real. <laughs> for real, I would go die for you. <laughs> You're right. We should just make this the haunting of Hill House. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, we need to get. Well, that was fun. Hiring all these people. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to go convince Phil uh, Nye and Chiwetel Ejiofor to uh, get in on this casting, and then everyone else will fall into place. I think. You know what? I, I think, think I was that. casting the musical one because that's what I'm used to seeing. So I was casting a bunch of singers. That makes sense. With Hugh yeah, Jackman you were... and Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Well. Guess we got to go back to the drawing board. So Grace and I were at the exchange one time, which is like a video game store. And Tim Hartman was in there. And you would have thought like an actual celebrity had walked in. We were sitting there like, oh, that's the guy who plays uh, Fezziwig in my play. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like the local guy. And I would, we were sitting there like, oh my God, do we say hi? Like, do we say something? (laughs) Like we were freaking out oh my god and it's mr fuzzy so we like, wig hey we suddenly you know like we go see christmas carol every year and you're our favorite part uh, and he was like oh my god thanks. oh so nice to you guys and we're like hey. he probably really enjoyed that because i because so, I mean, we were definitely being super weird about it <laughs> well i feel like probably stage actors don't get that as much mm-hmm. and specifically like stage actors who aren't like you know on broadway or something you know being right. a stage actor like because like pittsburgh is a is a big city but it's uh it's not necessarily going to be quite as huge as other places so he probably really enjoyed seeing it 
Yeah. And so that's my shout out this week is Tim Hartman, who is our favorite part of the Christmas season every year. He probably does not even know this podcast exists, but shout out Mr. Fezziwig. All right. Well, that's that about wraps it up. I just thought it would be fun to talk about A Christmas Carol because it's one of my favorites for the holiday season. Uh, As much as I really enjoy the Oh, um, I'm going to shout out to Tim Curry because he did a really good uh, reading of this book, which if you have an Audible subscription, it's included in it, at least right now. Uh, we're not sponsored by Audible, but uh, <laughs> but yet. I do have an Audible subscription, and um, and if you have one, um, you can listen to that without having to use any credits. Um, if you don't have a subscription, it's still really worth listening to because he does all the voices and stuff, and he's just yeah. very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a very very expressive reader, and it's a really entertaining thing. And it's only about three and a half hours, which is pretty short for an audiobook. Ooh. So, well, we got to get Dr. Mommy back on to do the Christmas podcast that we didn't we do. Uh, get to do last time. So look for that coming down the pike. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, uh, get Sandra on here to tell us about the origins of Christmas again, because uh, <laughs> we lost that whole recording, which is <laughs> why we are not working with the platform that we used to record on. So, all, all right. right. Well. I think that wraps it up. Um, as always, I am Rosie and facts matter and Dickens was a bit racist, but we can take back this story. <laughs> um, I, I hope and now you know better, be better. Bye.